0: Good morning. Great to see you all this morning. Just yeah, I'm going to trip in hazard health and safety. <laughs> Great to see you all this morning. It's good, isn't it? Who enjoys Christmas? Oh gosh. Really? That's really poor. That's just a few of you. But a humbug. <laughs> I am one of these people. I love Christmas. I just enjoy it. I throw myself into the season of Christmas because, you know what, it's, it's like the time when we, as Christians, can celebrate the birth of our Christ. It's the time when we can talk very openly about what we believe as Christians because actually the world kind of get it. You know, you'll find, won't you? I mean, we heard poor Toby last week, who would just been resigned to being a shepherd all his life. I I feel his pain. I was a sheep. It's hard, people. It's hard. But you know what? Um, Primary schools, regardless of their faith, will often do the nativity service. I can guarantee pretty much all Christian churches worldwide will be reading the story of the nativity. And so it's a great time to talk about Jesus, the birth of Jesus and and just to, to just get excited about what he has done. Now, a lot of the stories, and I, I think if you've been around church lots of years, you will have heard this story so many times, preached in so many different ways. Maybe not the seven dwarves that we had last week, um, but there were lots of different ways where people will talk about The story. So, I'm not going to try and tell you anything you don't already know this morning. I just want to remind you about who Jesus was because we can look at the what's and the wheres and the hows, and that's the story of how it all happened. But this morning, I would like to look at the who. Who really was the Christ child, Jesus? So when you've been, um, we're, we're going to take a look at John's uh, perspective this morning. If you've got your Bibles with you, maybe you can turn to John 1. He didn't really focus on the practical side. Um, he just looked at the person of Jesus Christ, John 1. And I'm, I'm just going to read it in sort of sections and break it down. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. There's a lot of words in there, isn't there? In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. It kind of is a little bit confusing. So we're gonna break that down a little bit this morning. We'll start right at the beginning John says, in the beginning. Not in the beginning of Jesus' life here on earth as a baby. In the beginning. We read that in Genesis 1, 2. In the beginning, God. John says, in the beginning, the word. And in this, he's talking about Jesus. So that could read, in the beginning, Jesus already existed. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God he was with god in the beginning right at the start of this book john he's not looking at the story around jesus he's going guys i need you to understand who we are looking at here we are looking at god he's been making it very very clear that jesus is god incarnate god in flesh and that he was there at the very beginning of time. In fact, in verse three it says, God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. So he was creator God. When we're looking at this small child, this baby, this vulnerable child in a manger, we are looking at God, creator God. He was there in the beginning. He is the one who spans the gulf between deity and humanity because he himself was fully God and fully man that's really hard isn't it sometimes if you're a logical thinker to get your head around and in, hopefully in the new year we're going to be talking about the Trinity because that will explain a little bit more about how this works but this was not just a baby not just any baby this was God Verse four, the word word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought darkness to everyone. No, (laughs) the word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. That's a bit, (laughs) and light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. When Jesus came, he came to bring life to overcome death and light to overcome darkness. you know the two things in life that can sometimes, you know when you're in a really dark place, you need a light. You can't see where you're going. You're going to trip. You're going to fall over. You're going to bump into things. We need a light. And the one thing that we can all guarantee in life is death. And yet Jesus came to bring life into that. He brought light and life into all the dark areas of our lives, our thoughts, our hearts. He brings life where dreams have died. Where lies have dictated our future and stolen our purpose, he brings hope. And he illuminates the way forward to give us a hope and a future. So we've got, right in the first five verses, we have got God, almighty God, creator God, who is light. And life. So we move on to six. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light. So that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who was the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people. And even they rejected him. But, key verse here, but to all who believe him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In that alone, there is so much that that we don't have time this morning. Because I'm only speaking for a short time this morning. Because we really want to give time for us to fully appreciate and worship our Father, our God that Jesus came to earth, God creator. So we're going to just look at the word, um, verse 14. The word became human or flesh and made his home among us. The message says he moved into the neighborhood. I love that. I love that. It simplifies it. Actually, um, when you read it in, in its original form, one of the words that's used is tent tabernacle. He set up in the neighborhood. He moved into our neighborhood. There's a whole really interesting study on that of looking at actually the word tabernacle is a word that was used in the Old Testament when Moses set up the tabernacle to host the presence of God. It was a temporary dwelling for the presence of God. And Jesus here is saying he came temporary, as a temporary dwelling, of the presence of God to bring him in. Because we know that there is a second coming. We know he's coming again and he's going to set up his reign and it's going to be a permanent reign. And you see that with the, with, um, the temple that Solomon built. It was more of a permanent structure. And so that's exciting. That's some, I think it's exciting. That's something to get excited about. But... Simplifying again, but going back to the beginning. In the beginning, God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. He had a close and personal relationship with them. It's always been his plan and desire to be in a close personal relationship with us. He didn't want to be far away. And he has set up his home. He moved into our neighborhood. He set up his home. He came to live with us. I don't know if you've ever been a student or whether you've ever house shared with somebody. You really get to know someone when you live with them. It's not always good. It's sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you take you you go. Oh, I want to move in with my mates. This will be great fun, and then you live there for a bit, and you realise that actually they don't clear up after themselves. They don't pick up after themselves. The towels are on the floor. Sounds like my home. Um, (Laughter) <laughs> No, but it but it's true you know we really get to know everything you cannot continue to hide who you are in the neighborhood when you've got someone living with you all the time but God he chose to leave the splendor of heaven and to move here he made himself completely vulnerable you cannot get any more vulnerable than a newborn baby This is God, our creator, who has put himself into our human hands to manage that. He came into a world full of mess and dirt, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. Sounds a bit like today. When we look at the world, you know, we can go, gosh, this is a mess. This is a mess. But God came, and he's still working into our mess. He wasn't born in a beautiful palace, clean and sanitized. He was born in a cow shed with muck and dirt. That wasn't an accident, that was a statement. That was a statement saying, actually, you know what? I'm ready and I'm okay to walk into the mess of your lives. I'm okay with mess. I can deal with this. He was visited by shepherds, uneducated, poor, and rich men, wise men, educated, rich. Again, a statement, I'm here for everyone. I'm accessible to everyone. That's what he's saying this morning. I don't care about your mess. I'm accessible to you all. Jesus knows firsthand what it's been like to be like us. He's walked in our shoes. He's experienced rejection, bullying, loss, betrayal. The writer of Hebrews puts it this way. For we do not have a high priest, Jesus, who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. So let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. He came in. He knows what it's like. He moved right into our busyness, right into our messy lives, right into our brokenness, into our weary world and our weary hearts. And he moved in if we let him. Revelation 3 says, Jesus said, Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him in, that pers- him in person, and they with me. Each of us has a personal um, opportunity to host King Jesus this morning. And yet... As Jesus knocks, lots of us hesitate. Well, I'm not really quite ready for the king to enter. I just need to clear up a bit. I just need to get everything right. Can I just say, if Jesus was looking for perfect, he would have stayed in heaven. But he was looking for you. So he moved into your neighborhood and he made himself available. I believe as Jesus says to us, you live in a mess, let's clear it up together, that's okay, I'm okay with that, I don't just want the lounge space, let's not just clear the lounge, have you ever done that when people are coming around and you quickly do the bits that they can see, you clear it all up, shoving it in drawers and cupboards out the way, but don't go upstairs, <laughs> don't go upstairs, see the bedrooms. But God says, I want access all areas. Let's get the whole thing clean. Let's clear up every aspect of your house. When you're broken, he's saying, let's fix this together. Try and do it on your own. You're never gonna fix yourself on your own. You need Jesus. And when you're tired, he's saying, let's rest. Let me just carry this for you. Let me take this burden and carry this for you. You're not alone. Like the innkeeper in the nativity, we all have a decision this morning. Do we open the door and let him in? Do we say to Jesus, yes, I welcome you in? Or do we go, actually, there's no room. There's no room. We're going to worship together some more in a moment. And I want you to respond by asking yourself the question, have I fully made myself available to host the presence of God this morning? Is the door to my heart fully open or have I kept him waiting on the doorstep? Do I keep him contained in the lounge of life, in my lounge? And is he really worthy of my praise, worship, and adoration this morning. I believe he is. King Jesus, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth, who came to earth. There is a doctor, uh, um, he's a pastor actually, he's called Dr. Shadrach Lockridge, and he did an hour's sermon. You'll be pleased to know I'm nearly finished. Um, He did an hour's sermon, and he did this uh, part of this preach, um, and it's like a six-minute preach, but I'm not going to read it all. I'm just going to read part of it to you this morning. And then we're going to go into a time of worship. It says, he supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He's strong and he guides, he heals the sick, he cleanses the lepers, he forgives sinners, he discharges debtors, he delivers the captives, he defends the feeble, he blesses the young, he serves the unfortunate, he regards the aged, he rewards the diligent and he beautifies the meek. Do you know him? Well, my king is the king of knowledge. He's the wellspring of wisdom. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway of peace. He's the roadway of righteousness. He's the highway of holiness. He's the gateway of glory. He's the master of the mighty. He's the captain of conquerors. He's the head of heroes. He's the leader of legislators. He's the overseer of overcomers. He's the governor of governors. He's the prince of peace. He is the king of kings and he is the lord of lords. That's my king. His office is manifold, his promise is sure, his light is matchless, his goodness is limitless, his mercy is everlasting, his love never changes, his word is enough, his grace is sufficient, his reign is righteous, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's my King. Isaiah prophesied in chapter 9. For a child is born to us, a son is given the government will rest on his shoulders and we will call him wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father prince of peace his government and his peace will never end this morning let's recognize that this is not just about a cute baby and a nice story he is our wonderful counselor mighty god who moved into our neighborhood have a living and active relationship with us who took the punishment on himself so that we can live in freedom clear from sin and mess and the dirt of life and that we can once again boldly approach the throne of God he is our god he is our creator he is our savior and he is our friend. His name is Jesus.